He is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus is alive. He is alive. And Jesus is love. Love came alive on Easter. He came here to serve us. He came here to save us. He came here to give his life for us. He took, he came here, he lived the life, the perfect life that God had expected each one of us to live. The life that we had failed to live. And then he took all of our failures to do that. All of our shortcomings, all of our sins on himself. And he was willing to take those to the cross and die for them. To give his life for them. What love for us. As the scripture says, he was delivered over to death for our sins. And was raised to life for our justification. So our sins are gone. You and I are forgiven. Forgiven. And that is the message that you are going to hear every Easter here. And not only that, that is the message you are going to hear every week here. More joy than guilt. More joy than guilt. Um, God's Undeserved love, God's grace, keeps on increasing in our lives. It doesn't matter how far you've run away from Him. It doesn't matter uh, the mess you've made with your life. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of a person you've been. It doesn't matter how awful or how far you've run from God or what you've done in your life. God's grace is always bigger. It's always increasing in your life. And you can't get to the point where God will stop loving you and pursuing after you and offering you his free forgiveness that he won in the cross and the empty tomb for you. And if you are hearing that message for the first time today, I just I rejoice with you. I rejoice with you. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit gets in your heart and gives you a new start here and now. That's my prayer for you. That's why we do what we do. That's why uh, those who rejoice in this message of Easter... Uh, that's why we proclaim this news. That's why we shout, He is risen. Because we want that same joy to be had by everyone. And so that's my prayer, that the Holy Spirit gives you that new life now. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, spent five chapters of his letter to the Romans proclaiming that truth, parsing out what that all means, what Jesus did for us, proclaiming that truth. He begins chapter 6, like this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? You see, some people thought that God's free grace uh, gave them the freedom to live however they like, sin as much as they wanted, all right, to, to kind of just do uh, whatever it was that they wanted to do. And... Um, so it, it brings the question out. Is Jesus' resurrection, which has given us the freedom from sin, an excuse then to just go sin some more? Is God's free grace to us that he's so generously poured out on us uh, an excuse to just go live selfish lives however we want? Some of you here today, maybe, Go to church once a year, maybe on Easter. So my question is, if, if there's anyone here like that, my question for you is, 
Um, do you get so uh, filled up with the warm fuzzies while you're here then that you're comfortable to go a whole nother year uh, living uh, however you want? Living selfishly, going for months without letting God know in any way, shape, or form that he matters to you? Living selfish lives? And then there may be some of you in here that are, that are in church every week. All right? You're here every week. You have the status of being a good church-going Christian. Okay? And everything looks good on the outside, but what happens during the week, what happens uh, when no one is looking, what happens inside your heart is a whole different story. But you're, you're okay with that because you just come here every week, here you're forgiven. So our question is, is that right? In either case, is either of those situations right? Our text answers it very strongly. By no means. There has to be something more. There has to be something more to living a life of thanks to God for what He's done for us than going to church once a year at Easter. And there has to be something more to believing in what the resurrection means for us than by maybe going to church regularly but not living in a way that shows that the resurrection has changed our lives. Jesus' resurrection has given us life. It's given us a new life. Because Jesus is alive, that means that we died to sin. We died to sin, our text says. How can we live in it any longer? Last week, we were watching a, a TV show called Touch. And uh, at the end of the episode, something very shocking happened. One of the main characters of the story, who's a, like a likable mom who was trying to save her daughter, was shot and killed. Now, now we, were, we were stunned. Why did they do that? Well, I found out why. The actress playing her part um, may, came to a, a mutual agreement with the producers to leave the show. So this is how they wrote her out of the part. Now, you can be sure of one thing. They have no plans of bringing her back, right? If, if they wanted to leave the door open for that, they would have, uh, in the story, maybe they would have had her uh, going traveling or something or moving away or something like that. But they killed her. So she can't come back to the show. Okay, friends. Let's kill off our sinful past. Okay? Let's kill our old life of sin. We died to sin. We can't live in it any longer. Let's blow away our old selfish life. And, and let's, let's not leave the door open to maybe going back to it later on. Let's not make it possible for that life of sin to be written back into our storyline. Let's end all connection with it. How many of us make it just far too easy to, um, to, to go back to bad habits? How many of us make it too easy to go back to a harmful way of living? Easter means that that has no part in our life, that has no place in our lives anymore. Let's end the connection with that. Let's kill that off. Let's put an end to that. Let's, let's have a funeral today. I mean, you're all dressed up, right? And for many of us, there's only two reasons ever that we get dressed up. One is Easter Sunday. The other is someone died. You're going to a funeral. 
So it's both today, all right? This Easter, let's have a funeral for our lives of sin. Let's have a funeral for our old lives of sin. The next verse says, verse 3, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? Okay, here's what happens. Our baptism, through which the Holy Spirit makes us believers in Jesus, connects us to Jesus' death and, and all that that means for us. Okay, so we were baptized into Christ Jesus. So if you can picture a big sphere up here, okay, this is the sphere of Jesus. We were baptized into Jesus, into his sphere. So now we are, we're surrounded by Jesus. We're surrounded by his forgiveness. We're surrounded by his fellowship, his presence, okay, his guidance, his protection. We're surrounded by him. We're in him. We are connected to Jesus. So when Jesus died, we died because we're connected to Jesus. Our baptism connects us to Jesus' death. It connects us to all the benefits of Jesus' death. All right, when Jesus took all of our sins on himself, he carried them to the cross, and when Jesus died, your sins died. Your sins were separated from you, gone. So our baptism, which connects us to Jesus, is a farewell to that old life of sin. It's a farewell to that former way of life we had because we're baptized into Jesus. We're coming into the sphere of Jesus. We're leaving that old life behind us. Okay, so it's a farewell. It's, it's a funeral. Now, the, the last and probably most necessary part of a funeral is the burial, right? You, ha you can't have a funeral without the burial. So when Jesus was buried, his last connection with our life, the last link of his connection to our lives of sin was broken. And, and the scripture says that our baptism connects us to Jesus' burial. And, and, and that means that, that our, so our baptism is a burial which ends, once and for all, any connection of you and me to our old life of sin. That life in us is buried. Verse 5, and 4 and 5, We are therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Okay, this is the best part. If we have been united with Him... Like this, in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. So today isn't only a funeral, it's a resurrection. Because just as Jesus' death assures us that our sins are dead, Jesus' resurrection assures us that we are alive. We're alive and we're going to have eternal life. Because our baptism not only connects us with Jesus' death, it also connects us with his resurrection, which means for you and me that we have new life right now and that we will have eternal life with Him forever in heaven. Jesus came alive. As we heard in 1 John chapter 4, Jesus is love. So Jesus came alive, Jesus is love, love came alive. And since we were connected to Jesus in our baptism, since we were connected to Jesus when God brought us to faith, 
That means that we have come alive. And if we are alive, that means that love comes alive. Now, our baptism also connects us to Christ's resurrection. The, the power of baptism is to make us Christ-like. Okay? Baptism brings us into the sphere of Jesus. We are baptized into Christ so that we might live a, a new, a whole new kind of life, which is completely different from our old way of life, which pretty much uh, has a selfish dead end to it. Our old way of life was doomed by sin. A life without God, a life without Jesus, a life without love is a selfish dead-end life. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want life with hope for the future. And that is the life that you and I are given because of the resurrection of Jesus. Okay? Our love comes alive. When, when you and I, when we live with this connection to Easter, when we live life with this connection to a risen, living Jesus, when, when we walk through life viewing things, seeing things through the lenses of this good news, life is filled with joy no matter what. I know life is difficult for you. I know life is hard. But being connected with Christ changes everything. You put the needs of others before your own. You consider how you might serve other people before you worry about how you're going to serve yourself. You find joy and reason for thanksgiving in everything that happens in life. And because you are in Christ Jesus, who you have been baptized into, you see everything that happens as good. You receive the love you need to share with other people. You find ways to forgive people who shouldn't be forgiven. You find ways to reconcile with spouses or, or friends who are making it very difficult. You, you find strength to get through a difficult temptations and addictions. And, and you don't get so encumbered with and attached to the temporary things of this world. All because love comes alive. Life is good. Life is good because we have been set free from sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. That, that life in us died. Verse 7 says, Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. We, we died to sin so we could be freed from it. Maybe that was painful to have to die to something is, is painful. So maybe it was painful, but the end result is so much better, isn't it? The, the life, the freedom at the end is so much better. One of the most powerful movies I have ever seen is a movie called 127 Hours. This movie, it tells the true story of, of what happened to real-life canyoneer Aaron Ralston, who, who became trapped by a boulder in an isolated uh, canyon in southeastern Utah. So it was 10 years ago, April 25th, 2003, 10 years ago, Aaron Ralston was hiking alone through Blue John Canyon in a, in a very narrow passageway where uh, boulders hang suspended up in the air uh, being trapped by two walls of rock. So 
as Ralston was descending down into the bottom of this canyon, he stepped on one of those boulders, jarring it loose. And, and both the boulder and Ralston fell to the bottom of the canyon where that, that boulder smashed his right arm against one side of the wall and, and wedged itself between there, trapping him there, trapping his arm right in that canyon. And Ralston tried everything he could to, to pull his arm out, but there's no way his arm was coming out. He tried everything he could to, to move that rock, but, but 20 men couldn't have moved that rock. And, and so, so he, he, uh, he tried yelling for help. He tried, he tried screaming and, and yelling for help, but there was no one within miles of where he was, and he hadn't told anybody where he was going. So he started chipping away at that, at that boulder with a pocket knife to no avail. He, he, he uh, started rationing his, his what little food and water that he had, but he was losing strength. And after five days of, of yelling for help and no one coming, he, he began to realize that he would die there. So finally, having run out of hope and, and almost having run out of life, Ralston gathered the will to sever his own arm by using torque to snap both of the bones in it and then, and then using a dull pocket knife to slice through the rest. He used the, the tube from his camelback as a tourniquet so that it, he wouldn't bleed out through his arm. Let me tell you, it is very hard to watch this. I have a very difficult time watching this scene in the movie, but it is even more, much more difficult, much more harder to imagine. But as hard as it would be to lose your arm, as hard as, as, hard as it, would, it would be to imagine cutting off your arm, the scene which, which shows him jumping down to the ground, uh, finally free of his arm, finally, more importantly, free of, of that entrapment, that that scene is so powerfully filled with joy as he makes his way out of the canyon, as he repels one arm down a 65-foot uh, rock face, and as he makes his way another six miles until he's finally found by a family out hiking and finally airlifted out. He's free at last. Listen, none of us would want to lose an arm None of us would want to lose an arm, but sometimes we have to let go of what we think we need. Sometimes we have to let go of what we think we need. And in this life, there are all kinds of things that we think we need. We think we need stuff. We think we need temporary things. Greed makes us want to keep everything we can for ourselves so that we have more. Lust makes us think we need physical pleasure. Addiction makes us think that we need substances that will help us escape. It convinces us that we need them. And, and, and we think we need the approval of our friends and peers so badly that, that it makes us um, become different people. It makes us say things, put people down, gossip about people. Uh, we become something totally different because we think we need the approval of people. We think we need the acceptance of the world. We're convinced that we can't imagine living without it. But as painful as cutting off your own arm might be, 
We need to let go of what we think we need. We need to let go of those things we think we need. Aaron Ralston later got married and had a son and he still climbs mountains. You think he's happy that he cut his arm off? We need to cut off and let go of the things that will only lead to death and separation from God. Friends, let's let go of what we think we need for life with God. As painful as it might be, we need to let go of those things that we don't need. Let go of those worthless things for life with God. We are dead to sin, but alive to God. So friends, let go of that life that you think you need, but really don't. Because then you will be truly alive. Then you'll be truly filled with joy. It's going to be painful you to be, to be disconnected from that thing you thought you needed so badly. It's going to be hard. If you think it's hard to cut off your arm, it's going to be hard to imagine getting disconnected from that thing you think you need so much. But that means you will be connected to the risen Jesus. You might have to let go of what you can't imagine letting go of, but that means you will be connected to the risen Jesus. Verse 9 of our text says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer had mastery over him. Easter means that love comes alive. Jesus rose again and has defeated death once and for all. Christ willingly allowed death to have mastery over him, which ended its mastery over us. It has mastery over him no more. And it has mastery over us no more. So friends, don't let sin master you. It has no place in your life. We are forgiven. We have a new life, so let's live differently. Let's live like the people who are going to live with Jesus forever. The final verse of our text says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. That word count yourself means to keep a mental picture of, to have a view of, to, to have a mental picture in your mind of. So listen, we, we can easily see our shortcomings and our failures. We, we can easily have a depressing view of yourselves. But because of Jesus' resurrection, God sees you as forgiven. God sees you as perfect. He sees you as beautiful. And that is the view. That is the mental record. That is the mental picture that you need to have of yourself. You need someone to, it's like you need someone to take a photograph of, what, of yourself, of what you really look like. For someone to take a photograph of what you look like to God and show it to you and, and tell you, look, look, you are forgiven. You, you are beautiful to God. You, you are dead to sin, but alive to God. Because you are in Christ Jesus, God sees Jesus' beauty and perfection in you. You are beautiful to God. Friends, starting this Easter, I want you to have that picture of yourself in your mind. You are beautiful to God because the risen Jesus whom you are connected to by baptism 
has taken your sins away and made you look perfect to God. Jesus has made you beautiful to God. And when you go through life with that Easter picture of yourself, I want you to carry that Easter picture of yourself around in your mind. When you go through life with that picture of yourself, knowing that that is the way you look to God, friends, watch and see how love comes alive in your life. Amen.